Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Lee Cantor here with Katie Galley, another episode of High Velocity Radio. And Katie. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a great one. Our guest today has a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> very excited. It's very excited. Yes. So let's waste no more time and get right into things. We got Danielle Putnam, the president <laughs> of the new flat rate. Welcome, Danielle. Hi. Thanks so much, Lee, for having me. It's an honor to be here. Well, Danielle, can you share a little bit about the new flat rate? How are you serving folks? Oh, fantastic. I love the question. Well, really, we are a business process development company for contractors, primarily heating and air, electrical and plumbing residential contractors. So we have uh, contractors working with us in all 50 states and also four provinces of Canada. How we serve them is helping them to get their pricing in order by way of a menu. So we have a menu pricing system. We customize their prices for their market, and we help them to offer menus in the home when they're serving the homeowner. So when we do that, uh, we see an average increase of $246 per service ticket, and the national average service ticket's about $200. So that's a big deal to double their service sure. revenue on these service calls. So that's how we're serving them. So then your customer is the contractor? Correct. So that is your audience. Those are the it people is. you care about. Those are my <laughs> my loves. <laughs> right. So um, coming up with ways to serve them and providing more value to them, mm-hmm. that's the lifeblood of your organization. Yes, it is. My father was a contractor, and that's how we got into this Mm -hmm. back in the day, a long time ago. He was a contractor, so I grew up, I feel like my very first job ever, I was seven years old, going door-to-door, passing out flyers, saying, my dad just started a business. What type of contractor was he? Electrical. Electrical. So Mm -hmm. he was like, if there was a, I need a new light switch or put in a ceiling fan, things, just the household, the day-to-day household stuff. That's right. That's right. The things that people need. Right. And then so in that world, is he kind of his own business? Like he's the person who does the work a lot of times. He's the marketer. I got to get new business. I got to do customer service. I got to do billing. I got to do all that stuff. You are hitting the nail on the head. So contracting, they... They're people that know how to fix things. They're very good with their hands, contractors are. But most of the time, they didn't go to business school. Most of the time, they didn't wake up in the morning one day and say, oh, wow, I want to be a businessman. No, they wanted to fix things. They wanted to help people. Right. But because they were good at fixing things, of course, you know, they start getting more and more customers. Then all of a sudden, there's too much and they need help. They need to hire somebody else. They They need somebody in the office. And all of a sudden, they have a business and they're running it. And that's where we come in is we help them to get their pricing in order so they can make more money. But I also mentioned that we've become a business process development company, too, because we're helping them to set up processes in their business so that they can run better and be more profitable. Because a lot of times the way they do things are just the way they were taught to do things. Mm-hmm. And then you, you're you kind of learning best practices from across the country. We are. And then you're able to give them maybe some efficiencies or some economies of scale that will help them kind of mm-hmm. get the most out of their work. Well, yes, absolutely. And we started back in the garage. In 2011, we started in the garage because we knew we had something that could help. We knew that contractors traditionally are struggling to make more money, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've tried to teach, the industry as a whole has tried to teach technicians to sell when they're in the home. Well, technicians don't sell. That's not in their DNA. Right. They want to fix things. And they just want to help, right? They just want to help, right. The money part is kind of friction for Mm -hmm. them. So we started by saying, hey, if we put a menu and we tested and tested and we did it in our own contracting company. So we wrote up thousands and thousands of menus that we tested all over the country. Like what's an example of a menu? Like so for many, that electric, five price first. points. 
So when you walk into a home to do a repair, let's say that light switches out or something's wrong with an air conditioner, what we have is a menu that has five different price points, like a good, better, best for the customer to choose the level of service that they want. Now, the bottom option, it's going to do a good job. We're going to get in there. We're not going to cheap on our craftsmanship. We're still going to fix the problem they called us out there for. But if they move up a level, there's going to be a better warranty, more service. And we focus on the system, not just one part. It's not about parts. It's not about a commodity. It's about the system. If the light switch went out, why did it go out? What's it connected to? There's more to the system than just one light switch. So you're and selling so, more value than you are kind of a commodity mm-hmm. thing. We absolutely are. And so we work all the way up there to five price points. And then when the customer takes a look at it, well, this is how people buy every day. So you go into Home Depot or Lowe's and you need a drill, you're going to take a look at the shelf and say, okay, there's a cheap drill and there's an expensive drill, but your eye is going to go where? In Probably. The middle. Exactly. Right. Somewhere in the middle. So when you take a look, you set your budget and then you choose the level that you can afford to buy today. So we've taken that menu pricing uh, and brought it into the home so that the consumer can buy like they already buy in everything they el- else that they do. Really, it's retail. We take retail into the home. But now, does the contractor who's skeptical about this think, well, everything I do is custom. There aren't kind of set things. <laughs> they, uh, yes, they do think that. <laughs> um, so how do you help them kind of with that? Right. Great question. So we have thousands of menus to address anything that they're going to need in the home. When it comes to the custom things that they do, they're there every once in a while. Sure. Somebody's going to have a custom job, but 90% of the time it's not. It's something that's already being done everywhere else. So then we customize the price point. Mm -hmm. So now um, let's talk about you meet a contractor right now that's not using the service. How do you kind of bring them into the fold? Mm. Well, we attract contractors a lot of different ways. You know, we have to do a lot of marketing, a lot of trade shows, magazines, print. So you're going out to trade shows Mm -hmm. and then you're saying, Hey, Here's this new way, uh, mm-hmm. you doing your business, and they're, uh, everybody's looking for a better way to make more money in less time, right? So Every, they're, Isn't that know. the truth? Everybody <laughs> so does want to do probably lining up for your booth, right? Right. And then do you give them demos or you show them how to... We do. So, the, so traditionally, there has been two ways to price a job if somebody was going to do work at your house. It's time and material, mm-hmm. which, it, you know, that's common sense, how much time and how many materials, or there's flat rate. There's flat rate price books that will say, hey, it's X amount, $250 to fix X today. Right. Like in a car mechanic has that a lot of times. Mm-hmm. They'll say, oh, to remove a transmission is X. Right. It's a flat rate price. So what we do is when we're talking to contractors is we introduce them to a menu because all of our statistics, our data and history has proven that when people are given choices, they buy more than you could sell them. So when we're talking to somebody, whether it's a trade show or online, we do demos with contractors through Zoom. So video conferencing, Mm -hmm. we'll walk them through, show them our system, and then talk to them about how they can make more money by providing options, how the customer is able to choose more. And then it takes the sales pressure. That's the beauty of our system is it takes the sales pressure off of the technician so that he can focus on doing what he does best, which is repair. Because then there's not really a negotiation, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, well, do you want good, better, or best? It's your call. It absolutely is. That's exactly right. So it gets rid of objections. Right. And then, so then, are you? Do you have any stories? Maybe you can share of some customers that have gone through this and then had an increase in revenue. Mm-hmm. Do you know of anybody that? Hey, I sure do. I love that you ask. Actually, uh, two weeks ago, we had our first time ever. We hosted a large 
conference, really. It was a business seminar, two-day seminar in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We called it Business 101 Uncensored. And we invited our members from all across the country to That's come. That's what you call your customers, your members? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. Well, because they are. They, be- right. they become a part of the team. So our members came to Chattanooga and spent two days with us. And one in particular, his name was Steve Moon from Moon Services. And he said that this year alone, doing less service calls than last year, he's already on pace to do $912,000 more than he did last year by using menu pricing. And his slogan, new tagline because of this, he says, every million dollars matters. <laughs> so it that's sure a, does. Right. That's an amazing story. So now uh, let's talk about you as the president of the organization. I would imagine in this world, it's a kind of a, a male dominated mm. world. Is that, I mean, maybe that's just my own. That's what they say. <laughs> Is that true? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not in this world, so right. I know the people that have come to the door at my house. Mm-hmm. I did though, a, a caveat to that was I h- hired plumbers that they made a point to say they're women. Sure. Right. Like they, it was like, it was something in daughters. Yeah. Okay. Plumbing. Neat. Uh, yeah. A lot of people ask me this question very often, actually, you know, what's it like to be a woman in contracting in this world, uh, in a male society? And I kind of look at it and say back, what, there's a bunch of guys around. What are you talking about to me? I'm working with my friends, you know, right. if people are people. Um, so I, I kind of am like, oh, well, I, I don't know that I have a great answer to that. Everybody's you know, here together. But the reality is, is yes, most contractors, you know, are, are men and technicians are, are primarily men. I'm currently the vice president and the incoming president for a group called Women in HVACR. And we have about 300 members. And uh, that's air conditioning HVACR. It is. Uh-huh. And so people come to us in our organization all the time asking, how can I get more women in my trades? Mm-hmm. So people do want more women to become in the field because it is an issue. Um, is there a shortage of... Um, there's a shortage the, of workers right now. Right. Um, there's a shortage of people so going into trades. So it's silly to eliminate half the population. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And so they say, how can we bring women in? And so right. to that, I say, we'll provide a place for them. Mm-hmm. You know, be welcoming and let them know that you have room for them and that you want them in your industry. So definitely be welcoming is, is step one. Um, but I really, I love it. I get along well with women and men, you know, as long as we're all trying to grow and build companies together, doesn't matter to me. I mean, I, I don't know. But why do you think that women haven't been more involved in the trades? Uh, you grew up in it. So Mm -hmm. was there anything happening there that you were like, I don't want to do that? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Um, I think men are, are stronger traditionally. There's a lot of strong women in the world, but physically men are built stronger majority of the time. And so when it comes to lifting and moving around really heavy equipment, um, they've been the ones traditionally doing those roles. And back in the day, Women were at home raising the children. Mm-hmm. Well, nowadays, with the economy and everything, it often takes two, two incomes right. to raise a family. So kids are in daycare yeah. and the women have to go back to work. And so now, okay, great. We can actually bring more women into the industry. It's not just men. Right. And uh, they work and they, women are fantastic sales reps in this industry. They're great at estimating. They're great with the homeowners. They're great in the office. Uh, really great business leaders. Uh, women can do a great job organizing the business, but I also do know some really incredible women technicians too. It's not a skill set that all of them love, but the ones that do are excellent at it. 
well, look, I just watched the CrossFit Games this weekend. There's awesome. plenty of strong women there. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> You're right. Some of those women. You're right. <laughs> so um, are you seeing that there more and more women are, are getting into the trades or, or is that something you're working on trying to get more and more women? In? We're working very, very hard on trying to spread the word to bring more women in mm-hmm. because like you mentioned and we said the shortage in the in the trades is we're looking at women to help us fill those gaps. So now your work um, is primarily HVAC, electrician, and plumbing. plumbing. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are the, is that it? Those three? Or does that cover pretty much everything that goes on, on in the house? Well, it, that's it for right now. What our menu serves, we do have requests all the time for pest control, uh, window replacement, garage door companies, roofing. So anything within the home, that's definitely in our future. It's not on the roadmap for tomorrow, but we are taking a good, strong look at adding it. Now, how um, how many people are out there? How many contractors are there? Is that something that there's a lot more than you think? There is. It's a niche, mm-hmm. but there are. There's over 100,000 contractors in, in the country. So it's... Are they tend to be single solopreneurs, like it's their business, they're doing mm-hmm. all the work, or are they part of a team that maybe there's a couple or three or four? Mm-hmm. Great question. There's a lot more one-man truck solo companies coming up. Um, there's a lot of handymen that end up getting into it that may or may not be licensed. Some of them, a lot of them are. So your um, stuff deals with license, licensure? There, you have to be licensed? It's not a requirement, but we definitely would like to help them to become a licensed contractor. Right. <laughs> yes. So, and then the, your service, though, is not limited to... So you can be mm-hmm. a one-person firm yes. and still benefit from this, right? Yes, you can. So I want to do a better job answering the question that you asked as far as the company sizes. You know, there's there's contracting companies here in Atlanta, uh, you know them, that, you know, have over 100 trucks. And right. There's, there's a few name brand <laughs> ones that are like on billboards and Correct. You see them buses, driving up another freeway. Right. Yes. So they have well over 100 trucks. I mean, they are very, very big. Um, but really, one of our sweet spots, we work with a lot of companies that have what we call three to five trucks. Mm-hmm. So you might have one person in the office and three to five technicians out in the field uh, or install crews as well. So an install crew might be doing equipment replacement. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of them that are that market, that size. And then the next step up is going to be between 10 and 15 trucks. So now when they work with your firm, um, what are they getting? They're getting this menu. Is that something they pay one time with or a license for an annual sure. menu? Or is it something that is a software as a service type of business where it's a monthly fee to subscribe? Mm-hmm. Great question. We started as a startup, so it's been interesting to watch how we've grown because business is work, right? So to keep business coming in, you have to continue to serve your customers. Right. So we started with a price book, and so we sold it with an upfront price book fee, but then we moved into a lot of coaching and training. So we have a monthly membership and licensing to use the system, and uh, that goes on monthly. And then, of course, we provide a lot of benefits to our members for being in the membership but a huge part of our company has become training and coaching. Mm-hmm. So I have two head trainers that are in different cities and states every other week. So all they're, over traveling the they're traveling to the location of the mm-hmm. of the contractor's firm they are. to teach them how to get the most out of this uh, menu pricing. Well, they, it's a mindset change, exactly. So if they were using time of material or just flat rate, and now all of a sudden they want to bring all their technicians on board to start using a menu, we have a very simple script how to present. And then we teach them, um, you know, how to, to follow process and the importance of process in your mm-hmm. business if you want to scale and if you want to grow or if you just want to be more profitable. And so our guys go out and they really help to fine tune all the processes in the business. And then do you find the processes of one business, are they 
kind of similar in all mm-hmm. the other ones, even though I'm sure everyone thinks like, ours is different. <laughs> you know, they in do. Idaho, it's totally different. Yeah. You're from Atlanta. That's the big city. <laughs> well, uh, yes, we definitely hear that in every, you know, everybody hears that about any industry that you're, they're in. But is there a McDonald's in your city? If there's a McDonald's in your city, then our menu pricing system will work in your city or town right. because people go to McDonald's and they buy a good, better, best hamburger. Same way they'll buy services in the home. Right. So it's just a matter of educating them. Mm-hmm. And then do you, do you role play like some objections? Oh, or we what, sure do. So, that they, so when they do go out in the wild, mm-hmm. in real life, they're more kind of practice. They had some safe practice. Yes. People like to feel confident in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so technicians don't want to get out there and fumble around over what they're presenting to their right. customer. Especially they've been doing it one way for 20 years yeah, and now you're saying, hey, do it different. Absolutely. So that's a big part of our, our training. Funny that you should say is role playing is we really do a lot of role playing. We have role playing kits and objection handling kits and a lot of manuals and processes that we do a lot of one-on-one Role so playing. the services you provide, so they're paying monthly for being part of the family, right? To mm-hmm. be part of the team sure uh, as a member. And you're providing them these menus and as they change and, and if they need coaching help, you're providing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you constantly looking for ways to just serve that community to just kind of helping them? Do, the better they do, the better mm-hmm. you do, right? Well, yes. But what we found, we... <laughs> The heart for us is we want to help contractors and that's what's so awesome is that we know we are and we want to help them because we were the struggling contractors and I remember sometimes at Christmas there was not money for presents. Sometimes there was. But my mother had nine children. I'm one of nine. Wow. And she was excellent at buying five gallon buckets of rice and beans. So we ate a lot of rice and beans because that was an affordable way to feed her growing family. Right. And we were all homeschooled. And so here we all are, you know, trying to make it in feast and famine uh, so often of the time because our dad was in contracting. And so once we stumbled upon the power of the menu and how much more profitable it was, it was something that was such a great secret we couldn't keep it to ourselves. We had to help more companies. So as we began to roll this out and create a viable product that was making more customers, our members, money, uh, you know, it's, it would be a disservice not to even tell more of them about it and to help them even more. So once we get them to start generating serious cash flow, then we help coach them so that they can grow from a position of strength. So first, let's get your money. Once you start making money, then let's take a good, strong look at your team. How are you attracting and hiring and retaining your talent and your technicians and your team? And then how are you doing your marketing? Let's work on that. And then, of course, what are people in business for? They're in business because they want to leave an impact. They want to leave a legacy. They have a why. What is their why? So those are the things that we focus on in our coaching once they come on board. So sure, they get membership into having the menu, but the menu is generating their cash now. Let's stick our head up from you know the busyness for a minute to focus on stability and growth in our company for securing our future legacy and impacting. Now, how does a, a contractor typically exit? Is it something that hmm. they have a job for life and then mm-hmm. you know when they're done they're like they pack it up in a box and then they put it in the garage and remember <laughs> I used to be an electrician yeah, they could, or is right? it something that they can sell or or leave to another I family member I love how many contracting businesses are family oriented so many of them pass them on down to a son or a daughter Mm -hmm. uh, or several sons and daughters sure it's you know it's very very common for us to bring a new member on board that's a third generation contractor wow and we love that and most of the women that i know actually in in the industry it's because their dad was a contractor and so it's a great pathway to help your kids early on to learn a trade 
and to be able to be good with their hands and learn different things and get experience before they go out into the workforce, whether or not they want to stay with the family business or not. Um, so an exit strategy is oftentimes to sell to somebody else in the family or um, another contracting company in the town might want to acquire you for your list for your customers. Right, because then they a larger one might be mm-hmm. kind of buying smaller yep. ones. They do that. And another thing that they often do, a plumber might buy an HVAC company. And so then that, they partner yes. right, and offer more services mm-hmm. since they're all trying to get into the same house. That's exactly right. And so while we're there, and a lot of the technicians may actually be cross-trained to mm-hmm. work on a water heater and an air conditioner. So for you, um, talk about being the leader of an organization like this. Is this fulfilling for you? Is this how you pictured it when you were younger? When I was little, <laughs> when people said, what are you going to do when you grow up? I always knew I wanted to be in business. I loved the idea of business. I wanted to be an executive. I wanted to wear high heels. and you know. But I loved the fascination of really what is business. And so as a 20-year-old, of course, I wanted to be a multimillionaire when I was 20. Who doesn't? And then you turn 20 and you realize, wait a minute, business is work. You go to work because it is work. And so every day in business, you have to work to generate more customers, more revenue. You have to constantly be learning to be able to attract new talent and to manage your team. So if I looked at my life today, I love where I'm at and I'm so thankful for my team. I have an excellent team of employees. My dad is actually my business partner and uh, I couldn't be happier. I have two siblings that do work in our company as well. One is our VP and he heads up the training department and the other is a creative director. She does a lot of video and and marketing for us. So I love being able to work with them, but I, I love business and I love all the unknowns. But every day it's coming to work with a new challenge of how can we do better to serve our members and how can we do better to grow and stay competitive. And that's a good lesson for other business owners out there. When you're focused on serving your customers, lots of good things happen, right? You learn what they want. Mm -hmm. You learn if there's a fit for you to serve them or if there's a better solution out there. And then you you can actually create additional revenue streams for your organization just by listening and Mm -hmm. serving them on a need that maybe you hadn't anticipated. Mm -hmm. We always have to diversify. Right. Mm -hmm. And then and I'm sure that's how what happened in your organization. You started on one side and all of a sudden now there's a coaching side. Mm -hmm. I'm sure when you drew this up initially, we didn't know there was not a coaching (laughs) side in the in the org chart. Right. 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 So people come to me sometimes and they say, how do I start a business plan or how do I write a business plan? And I just kind of look and smile and I say, well, I'd use pencil (laughs) (laughs) because it changes along the way. Right. Mm -hmm. And you got to learn by doing the work. Like you Mm -hmm. said, if you're not doing the work and you're just kind of creating these models on Mm -hmm. a whiteboard somewhere without actually talking to a customer, it's not going to work out. Right. So what's next for you guys? Hmm. We got a lot of really cool things. Last year, we uh, actually built our own app with the price book industry. You know, it used to be a printed book. And so a couple years ago, we were about 50% printed book. Now we're 95% digital. And so we outsourced and built our own interactive app so that we didn't have to, you know, use third-party applications. And uh, so, and then just this year, we brought it in-house so that we can continue to add features mm-hmm. and functionality to It works that. like off of an iPad or mm-hmm. a or tablet. Android tablet. Android. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's a lot more interactive, easier to use out in the field. The guys love it. Um, So that was a big movement this year. And so what's next is um, we did our Business 101 Uncensored Seminar a couple weeks ago. So this was like the first time you did a users group where like you got the whole community. A business seminar like this. That's right. Mm -hmm. So that, but that's kind of a users group where everybody got there and everybody talked about how they're using it, how they're Mm -hmm. being successful, kind of the. Yes. 
Yes. And that's what we wanted. We wanted the interconnectivity between them. We wanted Where them to get network, to know each other. they can network, right? Yes, then we did. they get to know each other. And that was, we were really thrilled that that was some of the feedback of, you know, hey, I, was, I loved being around like-minded people. Exactly. And so what's next is, of course, we have to do it again. Right. You know, it, it, it went <laughs> so great. And better, right? <laughs> yeah. We have to do that again. And then, of course, our app, we're just adding more features. We're about to start really working on phase two, and we're growing our team. Um, and, yeah. Is it hard for you to find talent? It is. <laughs> so how do you go about doing that? It's hard to find talent, I think, for everybody in, in all industries, you know. Um, so I'm currently in a small town just north of Atlanta, actually, called Dalton, Georgia. We're 90 miles north of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So it's a carpet, you know, industry. Sure. Carpet manufacturing up in Dalton. And most people are in the carpet industry. So I, I don't get to hire a lot of people that have experience in our trades. And so there's a lot of training that has to happen. But we're looking for people with great attitudes, great character that are willing to learn and want to come to work every day and roll up their sleeves and be a part of the team. And so if you can find that, well, then, of course, we can teach all the skills that we need. So I use the normal avenues, Indeed, Facebook, Craigslist, every once in a while, Monster. <laughs> You know, to, and then to so find talent. they have to go to Dalton, or is it something that you have virtual workers all over the country? Uh, my team in Dalton is at about fifteen. There's fifteen of us live on site, and then I have about four that work off site. Mm-hmm. So some of them are local, some are in different states. So now uh, uh, we had on here a year ago Rodney Coop. You He's did. He's the CEO. He is You're the, the CEO president. And founder, He's the founder. Mm-hmm. And tell me, I, I see a book across the way. I, I brought it for you. So Rodney Cope wrote this book called Why Won't They Pay Me What I'm Worth? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to bring you a copy today. Well, thank you. It took years and years for us to get this published <laughs> <laughs> because it's a lot harder to write a book than you think. Um, but we did that because he had such a story to tell and kept telling it and telling it and, and we knew he needed to write a book so then he started writing it and then rewriting it and editing and re-editing and so this was actually an international bestseller and um, so I'm, I'm thrilled to have it published and done and here and that's something you when you join the team do you get do you hand that out to the people who are yes, uh, we do. the contractors out mm-hmm. there that helps them get the mindset right mm-hmm. because that's the that's part of the oh you're hitting it spot on and it really is about the mindset is why won't they pay me what I'm worth so a contractor could come to your home and their DNA again is they want to help you right. and they love to do that which is awesome but because of that a lot of times they don't feel right about charging you because they think oh well you know that part only costs this and it really only cost me 15 minutes right. and they it forget took me a minute right yeah they forget about all of their expertise their time right. their talent their insurance their overhead and their expertise their years of education and experience that they're bringing bringing to you to solve your problems. Right. And so this, why won't they pay me what I'm worth is the cry of the contractor's heart. And that's why we had to write it and get it in their hands to say, wait, we have to change our mindset so that you can realize you are valuable and your skill is much needed, especially the safety aspect of it. I mean, homeowners don't need to be out there doing their own electrical work. Nobody wants that. No. So now, um, for the contractor that's out there, like, you're open to any size contracting firm, mm-hmm. right? But your sweet spot is the under five or ten ish, yeah. right? Um, how are you? Uh, what are the things you're doing? You're going to trade shows to get the word out to the contractors, but the pain that that contractor is having is that they're frustrated. Maybe mm-hmm. they think they've hit a plateau in terms of revenue, mm-hmm. and they're just 
maybe not having as much fun as they used to have or not taking as many vacations. How do you know all these words? That's exactly <laughs> right. Well, and not taking vacations at all. So it's very rare to find a contractor that's taking vacation in the summer mm-hmm. uh, because they're working. They're right. working nights. They're working weekends. They're working all the time. They're missing their right. kids' the, ball this games. This is their Super Bowl is mm-hmm. the summer. It right? is. It is, especially for HVAC. That's correct. Um, so we go out and we meet them, and that's exactly right. Is we try to talk to them to communicate that we have found a solution to address their pain. And their pain is, I can't get my technicians to sell, so I can't make more money, and I can't grow and be profitable, and I can't pay all the bills. You know, Rodney talks about uh, in his different stories and different things about you know, how the bankers kept calling him saying, hey, you're $20,000 in the hole. Can you make a payment today? And he says, no, if I can make a payment, <laughs> I would. You payment. would. Yeah, you would be calling me. <laughs> right. You think right. I'm doing this for last? And, and he wasn't the only one. Right. And so it's just a tough industry. Uh, so when we do, when we, you know, talk to them, that's the cry of our heart is to help them to put cash in their pocket. So we try to say it, but it's too good to be true very often. Or they so think it is. Right, right. So now uh, uh, how quickly once they implement the system, do they start seeing positive returns? If they actually follow the process and implement it uh, right away, then they'll see it on the first couple service calls. Really? It's that Mm -hmm. fast? It is. So once they kind of change that mental model they have in their head and kind of lean into this, Mm -hmm. then it just kind of works by itself, right? It does. Because once they're just pointing... Right. <laughs> the customer true? is. The right. customer's choosing Just their option. Picking. It's yeah. not them having to be learn how to be persuasive or be Joe salesperson. Oh, it's you're none so of that, rightly right? right. So the psychology of selling is already built into the system, so they don't have to be able to do that. Right. Um, you know, really what we love is to bring a new company on board to say, if you'll stay in our membership and follow our processes and go through training and stick with us for 90 days, you're going to have a different company in 90 days. But change is hard. We all resist it. We don't want it. We don't want to create the habit uh, that it takes to actually change. And so, you know, that's why we say up front, please stick with us for 90 days, follow the scripts, follow the process, and, you know, go out and start using it right away, and then you're going to see dramatic results. I would imagine you have better, I don't know for sure, but I would think that the person who doesn't have any experience, who just says, oh, this is, I learn on this, Mm -hmm. would have better results faster Mm -hmm. than a person who had 20 years of, doing it their way. Very often. They don't have their own preset objections already in their head. They think this is the system, so I just go out and I Mm -hmm. show them which one do you want. They pick that one, Mm -hmm. and then I leave. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, I'm a good salesman. (laughs) I'm going to sell them into something. Right. Yeah, it does. It happens all the time. We hear those kinds of testimonies a lot. Uh, Speaking of good salesmen, a lot of times the actual company owners, the contractors, will... They can be pretty good salesmen, and they had to be, and they've got great personalities, and they're used to working right. with their customers, but they can't duplicate that. Right, so it's the not system transferable. Is, right, the system is scalable. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. If somebody wanted to learn more and have more substantive conversation, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, I appreciate you asking. Our website is thenewflatrate.com, or I'm happy to talk to anybody. My email is danielle at menupricing.com. Good stuff. Well, great story. Oh, best of luck. It sounds like you guys are killing it. And uh, if you're a contractor out there, definitely check them out. That's the new flatrate.com. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor for Katie Galley. We will see you all next time on High Velocity Radio. 